Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the One Ministry Question Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins, and today I'm here with Dan Eiton. Hey, hey. Is it Eiton? Yeah. Yep. I, like, like I am the number 10, Eiton. Eiton. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I'm back home with Daniel N. <laughs> Because he would make me enunciate some things uh, differently. All right. So I'm here with Dan Eiton. And uh, we are also here with Mark Sutterfield. What's up, guys? <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> that was Mark Satterfield. I was just trying to mess with him because, I don't know, just because. Um, Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I am a pastor in Middle Tennessee area. And so... I have the privilege of being Todd's pastor. And That's so, uh, but we're, uh, we're good friends. We've been good friends for several years. And so uh, I am at a church that's just right outside Nashville, about 30 minutes. And I've uh, been there about uh, three, four years and two years, a little over two years as the senior pastor. And so excited to be here. This The church here is great. Uh, Christine and I were so thankful uh, for being a been a part of this church and it's been really good for us. So that's a little bit about me. Got two boys, Eli and Brock. Um, so we're, uh, we're busy with, uh, young kids, but it's, it's really good. Good deal. All right. And now, uh, Dan, you teased this out in a previous episode. Uh, the, the question everyone has been waiting for, what is it? Yeah. How do you, how do you fire a volunteer? You know, it's such a, such an easy thing to think about. Um, but doing that, having those conversations is a little tricky. And I think we just, I think for this podcast, let's assume this wasn't a moral failing or some, some ethical issue that we have to fire that person for. Cause I feel like that's probably a lot more straightforward of a conversation, but how do you fire somebody that just is not performing well in the role that they're in? Yeah, man, that is, I know, I know any and everyone that's listening to this right now, they're probably thinking about someone they're like, how do I move that person out of this role? And so, uh, man, that is a great question. That's a, that's a hard question. I would, um, I would start by saying, I know I got some thoughts on this and then you guys have some thoughts too, but in terms of firing, probably what I would, what I would say first is take a hard look at your, volunteer recruitment process and maybe you need to fire your game plan and have a new game plan right and so, so sometimes uh we uh we make the mistake thinking somebody would be a really good fit for a role and so we move them into that role and maybe we move them in too too quickly and uh and they do a lousy job and that's not their fault that's our fault and so i would say if you're going to fire um fire yourself first right? Mm -hmm. Fire your, your process, like look at it and make some hard changes. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, uh, most of the time, um, you know, there's some situations we inherit, uh, other situations we create. And so, uh, it'd be real easy for us to, uh, blame, um, a volunteer not doing their job, but there's an excellent chance we have set them up for failure, not success. What do you guys think on that? You like Uh, that? I love it because 100%. I would say um, a lot of times, especially people with more of our personalities, uh, have to remember that our process is for the people. The people are not for our process. Mm-hmm. And so 
it's, you know, I know that Sunday is always coming and um, we as ministry leaders, no matter what size of the church are always looking for um, volunteers, always trying to recruit, always trying to put people into spots, um, always have an eye out for, you know, that potential. Sometimes we can get ahead of ourselves and in the, uh, and, and really practice leadership placement, not leadership development, practice dumping, um, or, or think that we're delegating when we honestly should be developing. And a big part of that goes back to what Mark said, you know, there's a decent shot that it's not necessarily uh, a a people issue. Um, It could be a training issue. Um, It could be a a placement, you know, matching, you know, kind of issue, a a kind of a fit issue. Um, uh, But the big piece, it could be a clarity issue. You not might not be clear on what you're asking them to do, what a uh, job description is, what a win looks like, what the requirements are, or what, um, what a, you know, really what a win looks like in that role. And if we do that, then we force people to guess what a win looks like. And people can be very good and, you know, very good with their intentions. But if you don't give them what they need to do the job well, they're going to go back to something else. Either they're going to go to Google or they're going to go to what they've seen done in a previous church or from a previous person. And that's not what we want, you know, and, and a lot of times we aren't clear enough with volunteers. You, you said in a previous episode, you went um, Eggerich on us, love and respect on us, Dan, because you said uh, uh, you want to make sure that everyone thinks as, uh, as if they're a goodwill person. So the one thing I remember from that conference was, you know, I'm supposed to think that my wife is a goodwill person and she's supposed to think that I'm a goodwill person in whatever we do. Um, and, and like, likewise, uh, you know, when somebody's stepping into that role, that's what we, that's what we want to just naturally assume. And so we set them up for failure when we don't, when we're not clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I think, I think what makes a hard meeting, you know, we're all going to have that meeting when we're going to let that person move to a different role or let them go of that ministry role. I think what makes that conversation easier is what Todd, what you said, they have a job description that they are not fulfilling, you know, somewhere you can point back to and say, Hey, you haven't been able to do these things is crucial. And then also think if you haven't done regular coaching and meeting with that person, whether it's a monthly meeting or a a quarterly coaching session where you've been able to say, Hey, I want to have these things happen. Can you make them happen? And they don't do that. I think you've, if you haven't had prior conversations where you like have warned them like, Hey, this might be the, might not be the best fit for you. You know, I need you to do X and you haven't been able to do that you know, it's going to be a lot easier to go into that conversation with that person with some past like warnings that you've at least had with them in a conversation. If you come in cold because you don't have a job description, you haven't had coaching meetings, it's going to be a lot harder to fire that person. So let me ask you, Mark, like process wise, like what does this look like leading up to? Because it's not a spur of the moment thing, right? So process wise, what, what would you say, Hey, what is this, what does this process kind of look like? Yeah. 
Great question. You know, like you take a look at healthy organizations, you know, like if you're not doing your job, you know, that your boss didn't come in and say, you know what, you're lousy at this, go ahead and hit the road. You know, like there, there, there are multiple conversations that are happening, happening that lead up to um, that ultimate conversation that we just don't want to have. Um, but we know we need to. And so uh, job description is key. Um, what are you specifically asking that person to do? And can they actually do it? Like, do they have the gift and do they have the skill set to do those things that you're asking them to do? And then are they consistent? You know, there's a number of things there that you can look at that you want to be able to have a conversation with. And then you want to equip them. If they're not able to do those things, then you've got to, to de- you've got to determine how you're going to train them. And then at one, what point after training and conversations, do you come to the realization? It's just, it's just a bad fit. It's a, it's, it's a misfit. And so, um, and that's going to happen. That's why I, I personally like the test drive mentality, come in, test drive it, see what you think, then let's talk about it and see if you want to, you want to commit to it. And the commitment, I think sometimes we do a really bad job of this as a church Somebody commits to it and you just sign them up for the rest of their lives to serve in that role. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that. And so um, we want them to have a great experience. And a part of that great experience may be moving them out of one role into another role. And so let's think, let's think the best uh, about this person. It just happens to be not the right fit. And we know it. Um, and we're talking with them. And let's just say they come to the realization that it's not the best fit. Um, And then we help them. We don't drop them off and just forget about them. We help them relocate uh, in a different ministry area to be able to serve. And sometimes I think we, we want to, we want to quote unquote fire people um, because they're not doing it the way that we want them to do it. Oh, you know, and so you got to make sure you know the difference. You know, mm-hmm. is it selfish or is it really for the sake of the ministry? And so oftentimes we'll we'll be quick to let someone go because we just don't like how they're doing it. And maybe the way they're doing it is actually working. And then there's jealousy with it. Mm. And so that's where it's always good to check the motives. You know, um, let me say this real quick. And uh, I won't. So I'm not talking so much. But I was just talking to our worship leader. Uh, he's a phenomenal leader. And we we're just talking through about the process of onboarding, um, whether it's vocalists or uh, band members. And, you know, we have an application process. Uh, they have to fill out the application. Uh, usually coffee happens before application. Sometimes it's after. And so he's connecting with them, getting to know them, right, which is a part of a character check. And then uh, in this case, whatever it is that they're interested in doing, there's an audition, right? Uh, an audition in uh, worship world may be the same as test drive in, in, in a ministry area. Like, let's just check it out and see how you do, see how you're comfortable with it. And then there's a conversation about it afterwards, right? You know, it's like, hey, do you want to continue to pursue this? Uh, if so, this is what it would look like. If not, um, then let's figure out something else for you. So the the conversation is directed towards the care and concern for the individual, not trying to use them uh, for the benefit of a ministry. And so, uh, and then 
with uh, Jeremy, he would follow up where there's uh, an observation weekend where they come in and they just observe the culture of our worship team. There's another conversation. And then uh, um, that person is either onboarded and usually at that time, they're, they're probably pretty much in. Um, but there's a, there's a, um, there's a stretch there where work is being done on the front end uh, to make sure that we're, not in a position later on where we're having to have a hard conversation. We should do everything possible to not have that kind of conversation where we would say you're fired. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I would say uh, one of the things that you should strongly consider, even though it sounds really businesslike and really formal uh, and it doesn't have to be, these can be informal and it's really easy to do if you have something simple like a one page role description. Uh, is annually, at least annually, do a review with every volunteer. I know that we're used to like performance reviews in our job, um, but doing so from a development posture is important. So it's not like, hey, we're going to tell you all the wrong things you did or, you know, here's ways for you to grow and get better. That yes, that's our that's my job is actually to help you grow and get better. But the posture that I come at that should be from a development posture. Mm-hmm. Um, along the way, if there's been issues that we need to address, it should be no pri- surprise to you that you know we're having maybe a more difficult situation, or we've been tr- trying to work through this for the last four or five months. Now it's that time again, and I'm going to ask you to commit for another year. Again, as Mark said, we sign people up and it's for life, man. Uh, until they quit. That's the, that's the, the out they have is to quit. That's what we force on them. So doing it on an annual basis, uh, is really helpful because you have that time where you can come up toward the end of that commitment time and say, Hey, would you like to recommit? Or you could say, Hey, um, as we've been talking about, you know, this might not be the best fit for you. Here's a couple of other options that might be better. Um, so when I, you know, look back at the process, it's, it really starts with clarity in your role description and the ask and clarity of commitment and requirements. Then it's, you know, the feedback and interaction with them doing the job. And then uh, if it gets to the point where there's friction there or there's things that need to be addressed, then you're pairing them up with somebody. Uh, And then finally, if it's time to move and it's, you know, we're like, we're not waiting a year because this just isn't working. That's fine. It doesn't have to be the review period. It it can be over a period of time where that person is told, hey, here's what we're going to do for the next few weeks. Here's what I want to see. Uh, and then you go to lunch with them. Hey, we're not seeing these things, but here's a couple of places where we think you might serve better in our church. Um, that's how I would have that conversation. That's what the process would look like for me. It would be one or the other, either I'd have it, you know, on the annual time, if it's not a big deal, if it's something that, uh, is really a pressing issue that we need to go ahead and take care of. And we've tried everything we can try and we, we just need to reposition them somewhere else when you're firing the only time to truly fire a volunteer would be if there was some type of moral failure and then you should still 
have a restorative uh, posture in, hey, how can this person, you know, potentially come back and serve in some way in our church? Um, no matter, you know, how, how bad that was. Yeah, I think that's good. Like you are going to have, there's going to be times where you have to do that. I think what helps is knowing when something happens, is this like this person needs to be removed from this role immediately? Um, and then there's situations where it's like, it's not immediate, but you need to keep a short leash on it versus a long leash. And just being able to work through that. And again, for, for a pastor, um, and especially pastors that may not have a large staff and may be very much dependent on volunteers in the church, uh, I would rally support um, from, from leaders, staff, or volunteer where they understand and they've worked through it. So you're not working through something like that when it's a crisis, but you've actually worked through it and you're proactive. So when it does happen, you have a group of people that, there that are already on the same page with you where you're like, I know exactly what you got to do right here. And so. And I, I would just add to that. We are supposed to um, equip the saints for the work of ministry <laughs> as Ephesians tells us. And I think um, a, a lot of that, like Todd said, is going to start with having a job description and a clear onboarding process. And if you guys need help with any of that, um, we can put some of that stuff that we have as resources in the show notes. Uh, we at Ministry Grid have a ton of different um, job descriptions and onboarding processes. We can help you with that. Um, so uh, like always, thank you so much for um, listening to this podcast. We hope that this conversation today has been helpful for you. Um, glad to have Mark on with us again today. Um, and if you uh, like what you're listening to, we'd encourage you to um, subscribe and uh, that you would write us a review and share this with other friends of yours that you think might might want to take a listen um so thanks so much for being with us today